Welcome to the Motorhome Matt podcast. Caravans, campervans, motorhomes and more. It's the place to get hints, tips and impartial advice from the expert himself, Matt Sims. Brought to you by ThatLeisureShop.com. Join us on the journey with Motorhome Matt. Hi, welcome to the Motorhome Matt podcast. I'm Kat from Wandering Bird. And I'm Motorhome Matt. What's going on? <laughs> You've invited Cat Bird in and she's stolen my lines. Of course she did. She stole the limelight as well. Oh my goodness, <laughs> I tell you what. It's the Motorhome Matt podcast, brought to you with that leisure shop. I'm Keith Gooden. And I'm Cat Bird. No, I'm not. I'm Motorhome Matt. You might uh, be able to work out who's our special guest on today's uh, podcast. It's number 97. Number 100 is coming very soon. It's getting close, getting close. What are we going to do for 100? Give Keefe a bonus. That's <laughs> a think? good one. Yeah, I think that's good. Uh, otherwise, you could be working with somebody else. Hi, welcome to the Motorhome Map Podcast. I'm Kat from Wandering Bird. Uh, okay, then let's uh, delve into the news first of all, uh, shall we? The new Ford Nugget. We did yeah. mention this uh, in the last podcast when you were at... Uh, Caravan Salon. That's the one in Dusseldorf. <laughs> uh, but we didn't go into any detail. A lot of press about this. Yeah. What was your first impressions? What did you like? Uh, I love I love the look of the whole thing. I think the roof opening up the wrong way uh, sets it apart from its direct competitor, the VW California. So the roof goes up high at the back, um, which means the kitchen's at the rear. Uh, and I've heard that heavily criticised as a layout, but it's a layout that's been around for a very long time. And actually, I quite like it, because if you've got the kids in bed, in the rock and roll bed, you can be in the back cooking and preparing an evening meal, particularly if you've got young kids, uh, and you're not disturbing them. So I think it's a really practical layout for families uh, and it's a really practical layout for couples as well. So it's a really well-equipped vehicle, um, great fridge that's in a drawer. I think it's a 31-litre fridge, uh, fresh water tank, onboard uh, wastewater as well, uh, heating. It's got everything you need. Ford have developed their own, in conjunction with Westphalia, their own control panel uh, and an app as well. So it's it's a very, very cool camper van. Not cheap. I mean, they're sort of going to be, I think, in the region of £80,000 when they launch next year in 2024, uh, but certainly one to look out for. And they're going to be sold in every Ford showroom that sells the Ford Transit. So this is going to put them on a par with VW that sell the California. And you go and buy a, a Golf or uh, you know a, a Transporter, there's the Cali in the back of the showroom. Ford are going to be doing the same. So, yeah, it's exciting to get the camper van real mainstream. And how do the mainstream dealers feel about things like that? Because uh, your Ford and VW are stealing their thunder, aren't they? Are they? I mean, I think they're just joining in the foray. I mean, on every street corner, there seems to be a camper van converter. Uh, and it's certainly a boom part of the market. I think it's part of the market that's feeling under pressure at the moment, uh, with sales slowing. Because you know, traditionally, the people that buy them are younger couples, young families, and they use them as a second car, which is where this is such a great versatile vehicle. And affordability has become a challenge as prices have gone up. So I don't think they're stealing the market. I think the market's massive. Uh, and I think there's certainly an opportunity for Ford with this vehicle, particularly as they will be launching a petrol, a diesel, uh, and a plug-in hybrid version as well as we go into next year. So it's exciting. 
It's the Motorhome and Caravan Show at the NEC, the big show in the UK, 17th to the 22nd of October. Yeah. The podcast is going to be there. I'm going to be there. Uh, Motorhome Matt's going to be there. You're also on the expert <laughs> advice panel every day. I am. At lunchtime, there's a really good session on the main stage where you can come along and ask questions of a panel, of which I will be featured, uh, and we will sit there and answer whatever question comes from the floor. Uh, we did submit some questions last time we did this to the host, who was Roland Rivron. Uh, I think it's Roland again running around with a handheld mic. So if you're going to the show and you've got a question for a panel, then that might be a great place to pose it. And how do you get tickets? Uh, you can go to mcshow.co.uk. And if you use the code MMAT, you'll get a discount on your ticket. So that's Matt with two M's at the beginning, M-M-A-T-T. Correct, yeah. And parking's included in the ticket price. So people often say, do I have to pay for parking? Nope. It's included. That's great, isn't it? One of the few places where you go, you don't have to, when you get that shell out, another 20 quid for parking. Well, yeah. Fantastic. It's a great show. I went for the first time last year. Everybody was so wonderfully welcoming uh, towards me. I'm really looking forward to it again. And it, the best thing was meeting you. Uh, you know, when you came up and said you listened or you watched the podcast, that was just fantastic. And particularly when you said it was useful. So I'm uh, really looking forward to meeting you again. Don't be shy. Come up and say hi. Take a couple of pictures as well. And you never know, you might be able to take away one of uh, that leisure shopper motor home mats freebies <laughs> you never know <laughs> you've committed us now <laughs> we'll give away your shirt yeah it's quite sweaty today it's a warm day um, so that leisure shop is there with maypole I that's right yeah so maypole at that leisure shop will be the name of the stand and we're there selling maypole's range of security and winter products i anticipate that's going to be the focus of the stand uh, which is going to be a brilliant place to go and get your motorhome or caravan cover or a topper so just co- you want to cover the top of it protect it from tree sap and bird lime and so on maple have a brilliant range which will be there selling and wheel clamps uh, steering wheel locks a whole load of battery monitoring stuff and battery charging all those useful products that you need as you put a motel or caravan into storage through the winter so come and say hi to that ledger shop team as well they're there with maple Now, we will be doing podcasts at the show, so come along and join in if you're uh, fortunate enough to be there when we uh, plug in. Uh, But you can also sponsor us at the show, and more importantly, if you're arriving by train, uh, we have completely bought out, like last year, uh, the NEC and the little (laughs) corridor that goes along, and any sponsor uh, can be on those posters as well. So looking forward to you getting in touch. This is at the Birmingham International Railway Station, yeah, so we've taken over every poster site the escalators and all along the corridor there's all these lit posters did you see them last time i did they're fantastic <laughs> people keep sending them to me every so often i got one about a month ago from somebody well, i know that's a funny thing is this the, is this the podcast that you do this matt geese yeah that's it that's yeah. a muppet but, yeah because my picture's not on there just just saying it's me pulling a stupid face yeah. but <laughs> as is normal but yeah the posters are still there now so months later it's fantastic. It's brilliant free exposure. So if you're interested in sponsoring us and working with us, you could have your brand at Birmingham International Railway Station for months after the show. I can't promise you that, of course. Uh, but certainly during the show, we have bought two weeks there. Uh, we've also uh, bought some huge branding again in the atrium, that huge banner. 
Uh, and so we're looking for partners to help us pay for that as well uh, and feature on there. So those uh, companies have to be an exhibitor at the show. So if you are exhibiting at the show and listening and you want your brand in the atrium, in, in other parts of what we're doing at the show, then get in touch. But there you have to be an exhibitor. That's been made very clear to us. So, yeah, do partner with us at the show if you want to. And if you're a member of the public and uh, you're arriving at Birmingham International, uh, take a selfie gurning with Matt <laughs> alongside you on the poster and you never know there might be something special in the poster. you. One of our pens. It's the Motorhome Matt podcast brought to you with that leisure shop. I'm Keith Gooden. And I'm Motorhome Matt. Let's talk now about your favourite product of the week, and it's mirror guards. What's a mirror guard? That's why you're here. He's just reaching down. We prepared one earlier, Blue Peter Styley. Yeah, no, that's Valerie Singleton. Be careful of her. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Shep, yeah. come on. Yeah, now I'm showing my age. Yeah, that's a brown box. That, uh, Hang on. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this, this, so these are brilliant. This so is it, great radio. <laughs> <laughs> if, you own, if you own a motorhome, certainly, uh, whether it's on a Fiat or a Ford, the mirrors stick out a long way, particularly if it's a coach built. So they're what's known as long arm mirrors. Uh, and they can be easily hit by oncoming vehicles. Otherwise known as Charlie's in Royal Circles. Charlie's big ears big ears <laughs> are you allowed to say that yep you'll end up in the tower uh-huh. uh, and these covers go over the mirror uh, and they're like an impact protector uh, the classic is driving along and dragging your mirror in the hedge as you're trying to get onto your side of the road and there's a disused signpost buried in the hedgerow and bang hits the mirror breaks the mirror these mirrors particularly the fiat ones three four hundred quid <sighs> Uh, for transit, not much less. And these covers, 120 quid, 150 quid, depending on which one you buy, uh, they give you that extra protection and the chance of you know, not destroying your wing mirror. Really good. We sell loads of them. Your special guest today, Kat Bird, mentioned she had trouble figuring out uh, which were the right ones for her van. So how do you go about yeah. it then, Matt? Uh, well, the key is there's two brands, really, that are easily accessible and available. It's the Ford ones and the Fiat ones. And then you need to know, have I got a long arm, a medium or short arm wing mirror? Um, and the team in the shop can help you with that. Just give us a call and we can talk you through which uh, cover you need. Just ring us and you can do that. The, the number is on the website for the shop at thatleisureshop.com really helpful team and we can make sure you're ordering the right one and they come in a range of colours as well black or white (laughs) (laughs) we used to have grey silver blue but we've waited months for these things to come back into stock it's been real issues of supply of plastic I guess all the stuff that goes in them Uh, and the colours just have disappeared so at the moment we're limited to black or white Fiat or Ford we're hoping to get some Renault ones soon and also some drop down uh, covers for Pilot wing mirrors on an A-class motor and we were talking about those before on on a previous episode Uh, so yeah get in touch with the shop uh, the team at thatleisureshop.com and we'll let you know what we've got in stock and 120 pounds might sound like a lot of money for something you don't think you need but uh, as Matt says replacing a a wing mirror is a darn sight more expensive so yeah, it absolutely. is an investment but it's also the inconvenience when you break one because you're, you're trying to drive along with no wing mirror is really difficult it's also potentially illegal uh, you have to have a driver's side mirror by law for an MOT uh, so it's really important that you've got you know the, the protection because uh, they are expensive it is the Motorhome Matt podcast brought to you with that leisure shop. I'm Keith Gooden. And I'm Motorhome Matt. I ask the stupid questions and Matt here, he's the expert. <laughs> and today you've got a very special guest. Tell us, Matt, all about her. We have the lovely 
Cat from the the website Wandering Bird. I can't say that. From the website Wandering Bird. The Wobbly website. The Wobbly website. I actually met Cat. I think it was four or five years ago. Uh, we met at the NEC and she was kind of coming up with the idea of launching a vlog, recording her travels. And YouTube at the time was still kind of aspirational. Uh, and we were brainstorming this. Um, and I referred back to this and she had completely forgotten about it. I think I made more of an impression on you. Yeah, well, you did. I remember being quite taken, thinking, wow, this woman's a nutter. Uh, and you were heading off in your motorhome. You quit your job. I did. Heading off in the motorhome full-time. You were going to start vlogging and blogging your travels. Mm -hmm. And you were kind of pitching us, really. We were there trying to sell a motorhome hire program that we were launching. And I remember encouraging you to go off and do it and write lots of content and write courses on how people can get involved in this amazing pastime mm -hmm. and encourage them to do it but what's been the highlight for you since then I mean that was four years ago what's been the highlight it's been a long journey well, meeting isn't it? you again obviously well obviously obviously that's a given <laughs> <laughs> it has been incredible absolutely amazing four years there have been don't get me wrong there have been some downsides we won't talk about 2020 and the ability to move anywhere and getting yeah. stuck in lockdown in France was interesting but I think the highlight has probably been the growth of Wandering Bird mm -hmm. it has way surpassed my expectations or dreams or any I didn't really have any ambitions I didn't really know what I was doing no I quit my job without any plan to have any sort of income or whatever I was you know our plan was to live on my husband's income and we downsized so that we could do that and travel because at that point you were living part-time on a boat and part-time in the motorhome weren't you is that right uh we still had the boat so we we got rid of the house and all our stuff when when I decided to quit my job yeah um but we still had the boat we kept the boat as our base in the UK and he still had to work so I had to come back sort of one week a month or whatever for clients so that was a good base for him generally I was in the van most of the time yeah probably about 80 20. What you were doing was something quite different you were going to be leading as a woman driving around in the motorhome and journaling all of that experience and trying to monetize it. And I remember the conversation we had was, and I asked you, well, how are you going to monetize it? And you said, I don't know. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> and it was quite new, wasn't it, really? Yeah. I mean, YouTube was obviously in existence. And yep. I mean, I said you should really build a web-based, email-based list, which you've done, haven't you? I'm not taking any credit for what you've done, by the way. <laughs> it was my idea. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what you've done, isn't it? And yeah. you've built a really loyal following. Well, so I started like many people do with YouTube. And I think you, you kind of assume that you'll put a couple of videos out and then you'll make enough money to live on. Yeah. It doesn't happen that way. No. Nope. And even now, I mean, I've got 30,000 followers now on YouTube, which I'm incredibly grateful for. But I couldn't live on what I earn from YouTube. That's just not possible. So, And I also realised that I much prefer um, writing. And, and I really okay. enjoyed blogging. And I really enjoyed being able to answer people's questions sort of in a written form and take photographs to go along with that. I really enjoy that side of things. And that's how the, the website, I mean, I now get about 150,000 people a month on the website. Wow. And it, it's huge and it's fantastic, but it, it grew to what it is. Initially, it started there, today we went and got coffee from this place and today we went here. And, and it was lovely, but it was basically an online diary. And it grew from people emailing or taking the time to contact me and, and asking questions. And I would create a blog post to answer that question. And that's exactly how the ebook started. People would send out, oh, your website's so big, I can't find what I need. Right. Could you just <laughs> put all the, the places together in, in, in an ebook? So that's how that started and obviously expanded on it. And then the courses came from the ebooks because people were like, oh, could you just show, you know, film a video that shows me how to do whatever I was talking about? And, and it just, it's grown from there, very you, organically. You built this whole brand, haven't you, around Wandering Bird? 
it goes to the shows and you're giving talks as Wandering Bird. The website is bigger than the YouTube channel, I'd say. Is yeah, that is. fair? Absolutely. And, and the website is where I, I focus most of my energy and most of my time um, because it is so big and it, yeah. it takes a lot of time and effort to keep it going. But and can I say, I know what a difference you've made to people's lives and my hat's off to you, Kat, mm -hmm. because, I mean, even yesterday, we were both at the Balloon Fiesta in Bristol. In fact, we've both still got our passes on to get out into the private car park. And a man said to me, oh, I saw that Kat was going to the Balloon Fiesta, so I thought, what a great idea, and he travelled from Hampshire, that's a couple of hours, and thought, what a great idea, just to go to the Balloon Fiesta, not to meet you, I hasten to add. And I said, well, you're here. I said, Kat's wandering around, look up, you'll see her, because she's so tall. <laughs> or just, you know, listen out, you'll definitely hear her. <laughs> or dangling from a balloon, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he was inspired, and he said, would you thank her? And Aww. so thank you from him. I don't know his name, I don't know what you want to thank you for. Oh, well, but he was, very, you'd made a difference to his life. And I know you've positively impacted thousands of people making this decision to buy a motorhome or use a motorhome go traveling in a motorhome is that why you do it is that what it's all about for you is is it or is there something more to it than just you know making a difference i mean obviously it didn't start like that because i had I had no clue that it would grow into what it's grown into and mm. thank you for that it's really sweet and, I, and that's the biggest thing that keeps me going because as, as you know running a business is hard work i have no experience in in running my own business i've always been employed i used to be an air traffic controller it's such a complete culture change to go from getting a paycheck in and working for somebody else to suddenly running your own business and you have to wear so many hats and the learning mm. curve is probably the thing I love most about it is, is the learning and, and constantly trying to get better and improve things and that's what I love but the thing that makes it all worthwhile and all that hard work is people contacting me or coming up to the shows and just saying thank you thank you for making this easier or explaining this or pushing me to come and do it those are my favorite ones people are like I've just quit my job and I've got a van I'm gonna go traveling and and I love that I, I just <laughs> it's lovely to feel that you've had a positive impact on somebody's outlook on life yeah and so many people feel like they either can't do it or it's for people with huge amounts of money or in there in some way sort of prohibited from from like you say getting into this wonderful lifestyle and, and I love being able to make that a little bit more accessible for them. Is that what makes you tick? You say it's a business and every business has core values. And as a, if I can call you a solopreneur, because it's your business mm -hmm. and it's you. But what is it that gets you out of bed in your motorhome in the morning and do what you do? Why do you do it? Mainly my spaniel. <laughs> <laughs> and he jumps on my head and says, no, mum, it is time for a walk. Okay, yeah, okay. But no, it is it absolutely that. I, I really enjoy being able to inspire people to go and have adventures. I really enjoy being able to show them what's possible. Yeah, I, I think part of that is also to improve myself. The first two months when I quit my job, it sounds idyllic, doesn't it? Quit your job and go traveling. And I, I did have a couple of months where I was like, this is amazing, but then that I needed more. And, and mm -hmm. I've always been quite a driven person. I've always needed a goal. And just planning the next day's route just wasn't enough. And I think being able to build up a, a business and, and turn a hobby into a business, which again, is something I've had no experience in previously, and, and just being able to, to see where that can go. And yeah. also figuring out what I enjoy doing, because you know, there are opportunities to work with brands and there's opportunities to do so much in this industry, but not all of them are for me personally. Mm -hmm. And it's been really fun being able to try lots of different things and find what I enjoy, but it always comes back to trying to help people and trying to inspire people to make the most out of their free time, whether but they've got forever or a weekend. Yeah, it's hard work though, isn't it? It's very hard work. 
It doesn't <laughs> stop. And you don't stop. No, I know. But it, it hasn't always gone to plan, though. As when I met you, mm -hmm. you were married. Mm -hmm. And I met Mr. WB. He was very much a voice off camera. Yep. You've since gone in separate directions. Yep. And you're very much now pro-female solo travelling, or certainly solo travelling. Yeah. Uh, and as a female, that's very much a focus for you, obviously. But can you talk to me a bit about that transition? You know, What was that experience like? I'm very lucky in a lot of ways because I've been able to experience the whole sort of range. We initially started travelling, my husband and with my daughter. And then we homeschooled her and travelled for a year. So I had all of that experience and also all the, the downsides that came with that because that's quite hard work when there's three of you in a small space, especially a teenager who doesn't particularly yeah. want to learn maths or science or whatever <laughs> was on the agenda for that day. That There were some interesting times during that, but it was also incredibly rewarding when she got the results and it, it had been worthwhile. So then we went from that to travelling as a couple. Mm -hmm. And again, that came with its own huge pros, but also some challenges and got a dog and were able to go for very long walks and give each other some space at times that was very useful and then yeah he sadly got really ill what year are we in a year and a bit ago now that has then led to him deciding that he doesn't want to travel and we've gone our separate ways yeah and he's still around i still see him we you know ride bikes together and things but we don't really travel together anymore and i'm now experiencing it as a solo and that has been a huge learning curve because I thought I knew quite a lot about motorhoming and, and I'd done it full time for several years now. But I was stuck in a campsite, too scared to drive the van because I'd never really done it. He preferred to drive, I preferred to navigate. And then suddenly I was on my own and had to, to figure out literally how to get the van out of the campsite. Why do they put the white pegs in the wrong place? <laughs> you know, and they had a speed sign and I was just, how am I supposed to get the van around that? And yeah, it took me a couple of weeks and then I would go out at like five, six o'clock in the morning when it was quiet to practice driving this really? enormous bit. I was terrified. It was you at five in the morning. Yeah, that was me, the that was me. I, I was so nervous. And then I made myself plan a trip to Scotland. And that was supposed to be with myself and a friend. And she had her own van. So we were going up to do it in, in convoy. And she broke down on day one. So oh. then I, I literally spent three weeks, I think it was, touring around Scotland on my own. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. There's a freedom to being able to go off on your own. You don't have to sort of clear your schedule with anyone else if it's a, a rainy day and you want to curl up. Well, I don't really curl up with the book. I curl up with my laptop and do more work often. But you know, <laughs> I, I didn't have to travel to anyone else's schedule. I could go where I wanted to go. I could drive up some crazy roads that everyone thought I was nuts to go up. It, it was fun. And then I've, since then I've done Ireland and I've just come back from Iceland and I you did have. that on my own and it was epic. Three weeks in Iceland, either? Yeah, so the whole trip was five and a half weeks. So it took a, a week to drive to Denmark. Yeah. And then two days on a ferry to go across to Iceland. Uh, I had just over three weeks in Iceland, then all the way back. Now, you know it's my dream go-to place. Mm -hmm. How much was the ferry? Mm, five and a half thousand pounds. See, that, <laughs> that's insane. But... If you flew in and hired a van for that amount of time, it would cost you more. I've got one. I don't want to hire one. Well, then take it to Iceland. <laughs> it's five and a half grand. <laughs> well, of course, you went in your own motor home. You went in a Bailey-owned motor Yes. Home. So I worked with Bailey Bristol for that one, and they yeah. were kind enough to loan me a vehicle for the trip. Yeah. And it was awesome. The, the vehicle was great, and the, the experience was brilliant. And yeah, I had a fantastic time. Now, I know you're very motivated right now to be pro female solo traveling and encouraging other females to consider taking to the wheel mm -hmm. maybe have lost a husband through mm -hmm. separation uh, or they've passed away what does that look like for the future for wandering bird what are you doing about that uh, mostly what I'm doing is sharing my experiences I'm sharing certainly the, the fear and all the things that that 
either you could go wrong or do go wrong and how you deal with that when you're on it. And it's not so much just being a girl, although I am a girl. So that's more why that. But I think anybody who wants to travel on their own has these fears. Mm-hmm. Um, I think men are generally more reluctant to put their hand up and go, yeah, I'm really scared or intimidated by that. But it doesn't mean they don't have those feelings. I've had several guys come up or email me saying, yeah, I was a bit intimidated by that too. And I think there's something about traveling on your own, whether you've got it in a van or just a backpack or however you choose to travel, being self-sufficient enough. And with a motorhome, there's so many things that could go wrong that you feel like you need to know everything about them. That's something I've learned, is that you don't necessarily need to know everything about everything. I'm certainly not very good on electronics, but you need to know somebody that you can call who can help you with that problem. Because the thing is, a lot of the fears are actually irrational, aren't they? Irrational... Unlikely to happen is probably how I'd put it. Yeah, okay. There is always going, it's like any fear, there's always going to be a small chance that that might happen. A lot of the fears people have with me are over, well, wild camping or staying on your own in the middle of nowhere. Now, I've I've spent five weeks in Ireland and I didn't go in a campsite once apart from to pay to use their facilities. I never stayed overnight in a campsite. Right. And it was brilliant. And by the end of that, I was absolutely fine wild camping anywhere. But people who were nervous about it you don't have to do it and that's one of my big bugbears with this whole sort of van life thing is people feel like they have to stay off grid and they have to stay in dodgy places and you absolutely don't go in a campsite if it makes you feel better we'll go where you feel comfortable absolutely and safe yeah yeah absolutely so i know mental health is also a big focus for you yep. your own yep and also other people's yep. now as someone who is youtubing and sharing posts on social mm-hmm. regularly you must get a lot of online stupidity and comments (laughs) I can imagine I mean we get them here Uh on the Moto Matt podcast and people can get quite rude it's quite easy to hide behind a keyboard isn't it and hurl that comment and drop that grenade and walk away how do you deal with that especially when you're on your own because you're it's your business it's you you've got no one else to moan at yeah that I really really struggled with that when I first started it became something that I I almost didn't want to look at my YouTube comments and there's still times now where I can go several weeks without looking at them because you know you get a lot of nice comments and positive comments or even positive constructive feedback I'm very open to that but it's that one comment where someone says something mean or unpleasant and Mm. as a girl it's often about your appearance I don't know if guys get the same thing but other females that I've spoken to they get similar comments about that and that's really hard even if you just go I'm never going to meet them you know, and you can just delete the comment and block them and that's fine. But you've still got to read that comment in order to delete yeah. it. And then it's something that you sort of think about for a long time. So I really struggled with that. I have got better at it. But Good. it does affect your mental health. Of course it does. Um, and combined with what you said earlier about me not stopping, I think I, I, I am still in that learning phase of sort of managing my own energy and managing uh, how much I've got to give to other mm-hmm. people versus how much I keep for myself. And that's something I've I've tried really hard this year. I mean, last year was the first time that I openly put my hand up, having struggled with depression probably for about 20 years, that I openly you know, put my hand up and goes, no, I need some help. And I got mm. some tablets and, and I feel brilliant. I feel great. But it, it's taken a long time and a lot of, of personal work for me to get there. Yeah, It's not something I found easy to do at all. It was, I'm very much one of these people, I should be able to just power through and I should be you know, better than that, even though that sounds incredibly arrogant. But... I should just be able to fix this and, and be okay. And it was accepting the fact that I wasn't. Mm. And have you found that this industry is very male-dominated? How well have you been received into it as a female doing what you do? I've 
been very well received into it. I, I don't know if that's partly because I'm going at it from a slightly different approach yeah. than perhaps mainstream journalists or other people might be. There are, I mean, I've worked with lots of females from, you know, I, w I write for some of the magazine, MMM magazine, and, and my contact there is, is female. Yeah. Um, but I also do the Warner shows, and that's mainly male dominated. And I think it's quite balanced. I think there is a element of trying to get the industry as a whole on board with the changing sort of more online and blogging and vlogging and all of this thing whereas yes. I think whilst the, the magazines and the shows are fantastic and they're still obviously very popular there is another aspect of this that has sort of crept up through YouTube and, and blogs and everything but there's also an element of trying to keep it to people who know what they're talking about rather than you know AI generated content and all this stuff so there, there does need to be a, a balance I think so you've been non-stop then for four <laughs> years I mean you literally don't stop Kat but that can't continue can it when do you actually get to take your foot off the pedal off the accelerator and take a break it's a very good question and again something I'm, I'm, I'm taking this year so I have worked pretty much full-time um, certainly since lockdown happened so my, yeah. I'd worked a lot on my website before 2020 and so 2019 I've worked on learning SEO and building up a website and, and creating this brand and, and YouTube as well and then obviously 2020 hit and all the pandemic and everything and all the traffic died and that was when I started creating things like ebooks and courses and stuff so I've, I think I've got 15 now in the last three years and even in the last six months so I've just done one on Ireland and I've just done one on Iceland and they're both live now yeah it's a balance and it's I'm pulling back very slightly from YouTube going to be creating a little bit less content on there and mm -hmm. also on social media in order to focus on a bit more time for myself but also focusing back on on the website and I'm doing quite a lot of shows as well and I enjoy doing those so they're yeah, good fun they are great fun yeah. yeah we're very excited that we're working with you uh, and our shop team at That Leisure Shop. And we're very excited to be promoting a lot of the content on your website, selling mm -hmm. your books, and you're helping us grow our business as well and promoting what we're doing, which we're over the moon about. But can I give you permission to slow down? Is that all right? <laughs> yes, and please. actually leverage what you've built. It, what you've built is amazing. It's a massive library of really useful content. And it's okay to go, you know what, I'm going to have a week off where I'm just going to be myself and hide behind my own windbreak. That's I'm, okay. I'm so bad at that. I think that's one of the reasons I want to stop YouTube, especially, is because when you do go anywhere, you feel compelled to film it, and you feel yeah. so you never get out of that. Whereas I've I've made the choice. Well, if I don't film it and I'm deliberately not filming this week or whatever, then I yeah. don't feel compelled to to do all the stuff that goes around with that. So, Kat, where can people come and see you? At speaking at one of these future events that are coming up, where can they see you in the flesh? So I will be at the Shepton Mallet Show yep. with Warners um, in the middle of September. And then I'm talking at the NEC October Show all about Iceland. I'm there Fantastic. every day sharing all about the Iceland adventure. So hopefully I can see some people then. You, I'm sure you will. Gosh, tens of thousands of people going to that again. I'm sure it will sell out. But what about online? Where can people find you online? I'm everywhere, as you said. So if you want some more advice for motorhoming or van life, then come to wandering-bird.com and you can find all my books and courses there. But if you want just to come and chat with me, then you're very welcome to join my Wandering Bird Facebook group, which is a group for everybody, whether you're just getting started and looking to buy your first van or whether you have more experience and want some sort of ideas for places yep. and things. It's a really nice group in there. I it is a really nice group. Oh, it's very you. friendly. Yeah. yeah, there's no sarcasm. 
Nobody's rude. It's no. a lovely group. I don't I tolerate that. I'm, I'm very heavy with the block button on that group. Are you? Uh, well, I'm not interested in it being the biggest group on Facebook. That's why my post got rejected. It then. was, yeah. To be fair, <laughs> I think I have just kicked you out entirely now. And um, <laughs> if you are looking to buy any of Kat's really, really good guides, they're really helpful, incredibly useful, and very informative. Kat has very kindly given a code that you can use. Just type in Motorhome Matt into the discount code on the website to get a discount off all your guides and your books. Yeah. Thank you. Well. Thank you again for turning left as you headed north. <laughs> and uh, you're welcome anytime. Thank you. Uh, we are very excited to be working with you uh, and the shop team. I've never it? seen a shop like it. I love all the wood and the way you've done it up and brilliant. Yeah. So if, if oh, people thanks. haven't been past it yet, then yeah, do. Down the M5. It's fantastic. Yeah, just off Junction 21 for Western Supermares, where we are, isn't it? Toward mm -hmm. Bristol. Anyway, thank you, Kat, again for coming in. We're really excited about the collaboration we're going to be doing together uh, on the shop. Thanks again for visiting us. It's been great to have you. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been fun. That's YouTuber and personality in the motorhome and caravanning industry, Cat Bird. What a nice person, Matt. She is lovely, yeah. She's great and very professional as well, I have to say. Uh, and I think that's been a real pride for us as a team here to collaborate with her and work with her uh, is because the business acumen she's got. And she's not a businesswoman historically. She's an air traffic controller, as she said. But she really has built a formidable business and a really helpful website that thousands of people are visiting. So for us to be collaborating with her is a real honour. So thanks for that, Kat. And we are excited as to what the future brings us both. Absolutely. She gave us quite a nice email plug for the shop there, didn't she? She did, yes. And uh, last week her email went out. And uh, what was great is she highlighted a fact that for us as small businesses we know really well is that we're often cheaper than Amazon. So Amazon's so convenient, isn't it? I'm a big Amazon buyer. That's why people are buying from Amazon, not because necessarily they're cheaper, but it's going to turn up the same day or the day after. Yeah, and there's a lot of trust in the room with Amazon. Any problem, the return process is always going to be simple. But Kat observed that we were, in our own shop, much cheaper than Amazon. And I know that to be true. I know what we have to list stuff on Amazon for. Uh, it's a lot more expensive because we have to cover their fees. And their fees are really quite big. So if you are considering buying any product, my trick is I use it. This is a, this is a hack. Right, go on Amazon or eBay and look at the name of the shop and then go and Google the name of that shop and maybe look at their returns process, look at their reviews and if you think, yeah, they look good, buy it direct. You may save a few pounds. There you go, inside information. So if you're new to motorhoming or want tips for touring Europe, going off-grid or maintaining your motorhome, you should check out the Wandering Bird website. You can also get her books at that leisure shop. Yeah, we're now stocking them. So uh, Kat has written three books. So Motorhoming Made Simple is on display behind my head. Uh, the Complete Guide to Motorhoming in Europe. I have to say that's a very useful book. And one the team here in the shop were really impressed with is the Road Trip Logbook. Uh, and Nikki, who runs the higher side of the business here, Motome Holiday Company, was really taken with this. So what a great way of recording a journey and um, was going to start promoting this to our higher customers. So I think it's a good idea. Christmas is coming. <laughs> really is. Go and get yours right now. It's the Motorhome Matt podcast brought to you with thatleisureshop.com. I'm Keith Gooden. And I'm Motorhome Matt. Good to have you here. My favourite part, I say it every week, I don't want to bore you, but it's so good. The Q&A, <laughs> the question and answer where you, the listener and the viewer, get in touch. Rob Cottrell was the first in the queue. Just catching up some of your podcasts whilst sitting by the pool in Las Vegas. It's over 100 Fahrenheit here. Keep the podcast coming. They're great fun to listen to. Hope you will. So what's the question there? He didn't have one. He was just flexing. Uh, he's just showing off because he's around <laughs> the pool in Las Vegas. Motorhome Matt is in Vegas. There we are.
<laughs> nice to know that you're listening, Rob. Thanks very much. And we're not jealous at all much. Do you think it's one thing on the casino? 100 degrees. That's pretty hot, isn't it? I was in Florida a couple of weeks ago. It was 114. 114. That's too much. That's too much. I was in the pool or in the sea most of the time. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, they were sort of dragging me out saying, swim free, swim free. (laughs) (laughs) What's that whale? Is it Willie the whale? No, what was he called? Free Willy. Free Willy. No, that, that, was, that was your hobby. That wasn't, that wasn't a film. So anyway, uh, Rob's in Las Vegas. David Cassidy, the singer, he uh, famously did uh, residencies in Las Vegas with Sheena Easton, very famously. David Cassidy, sadly, no longer uh, with us. But there is another David Cassidy in Herefordshire who's mailed us. I mean, who'd have thought? <laughs> Just been reading your recent email. The towing article was very interesting, and I never realised why the test was dropped. I read with interest the bit about the rear camera with the plug-in screen, but I can't find any details about it. We have a much-loved Bessacar E560 motorhome and tow a smart car. It might be useful to keep an eye on the car while on an A-frame and also on its trailer when we go to France. Would the camera work for a length of time and how would it attach to the motorhome body? Your thoughts as this would be appreciated. So thanks for the question there, David, in Herefordshire. David Cassidy in (laughs) Herefordshire. I wonder if he lives near the Partridge family. David, you must have heard so much of this over the years, and I apologise. I'm sure it's not the first time. From the heart of my bottom. Yes, we've got three answers for you, David. Hopefully make up for Keith's rudeness. This is a brilliant reversing camera system from Maypole. Uh, It's wireless. Now, this one, the camera needs power, uh, and so does the screen, but the screen's powered off your cigarette lighter. I'm not allowed to call it that, am I? No, it's the 12-volt supply. 12-volt accessory socket. Mm, you got it. The little black thing with the yep. two silver springs on the uh, side. You should put the cigarette uh, lighter in. Too. And the camera needs power from your rear light or reversing light. Some Somewhere it can get power. Uh, obviously, putting it to your reversing light means it only come on when you go backwards. You want to keep it on the, on the caravan where you're travelling, so you're going to need to get a permanent live to the camera. That's one solution. Rough price? 115 quid. You'll see that one at the NEC show. If you're listening to this podcast five years down the line, it's going to be more expensive than that. <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. This one's from Falcon. I love this one. Uh, this is a camera. It's literally just the camera. Uh, and you download an app, which you plug into your, you know, download onto your iPhone or smartphone or iPad. And it's called Road View. Or Android. Or Android. You and your Android. Yeah. You literally, it's just a camera. What I love about this, there's no screen. You use your phone which is pretty neat, and it's magnetic, so it will literally go back onto the back of your car. But if you're putting it on the back of a motorhome or caravan, you can bond this little plate to the back wall of your leisure vehicle, and it comes with toothpaste. No, it's not, it's glue. Don't put that in your mouth. Bond this to the back of the caravan. Instructions are all enclosed, and then you just stick the camera on when you want it for the journey. I think it lasts about six or eight hours on, which was David's question, and then you can take it off for security, so no one's going to lick it. Yeah, because part of his question was keeping an eye on the car, uh, on the trailer, on the back, so you can position it wherever you want, uh, David. Yeah, yeah, we've used them when we're we're dragging our exhibition trailer along, we want to keep an eye on that. Uh, Really handy for that. We actually use it on the back of the trailer, so when we're reversing, we can see beyond the trailer into the space we're backing the trailer into, which is really handy, and it's a, a long enough range. And what sort of price for that one? 176 quid. Very clever. So you have to have a phone to, to work with that one. And this last one, £320, includes the screen. So you plug that into the 12-volt accessory socket. Uh, the camera is wireless again. Uh, it doesn't need power, so it connects to its own screen. Uh, and you've got the whole system there ready to go. So how much is it going to cost you? That one's £320. So there's a big difference in price ranges. Why? 
Uh, it's about the hardware inside, I suppose, and, and the amount of packaging uh, and the effort that goes into pulling these products together, I suppose. Uh, so it depends on your pocket, but it's not a lot of money, not really. Uh, if you think you're going to install a factory-fitted one from the main dealer to your car or to your motor, you could be spending a £1,000. Uh, thanks, David. Let's hope your car uh, remains on the back of the motorhome. Question for you. I was travelling here today uh, on the lovely, glorious uh, M5, and there was somebody in a motorhome, and they were towing a car mm-hmm. uh, at the back, and he had the signs on it, but he was going into the overtaking lane and overtaking vehicles. Is that allowed when you're towing? Lane two or lane three? Lane three. No, that's not allowed. No, I didn't think so. Don't do it. No, because the car's considered a trailer, so it shouldn't be in lane three. I thought that too. Don't do it. That's my understanding. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, you correct us if we're wrong, but we're not. I like pulling up, you see, when people have been, uh, you know, they come off a motorway and they've been uh, hogging, like, the the, the overtaken lane or the middle lane. I like winding the window down and saying, bonjour, comment allez-vous? And they say, what? And I said, oh, you're not French. Why are you on the wrong side of the road then, muppet? <laughs> you're one of those, aren't you? Yeah, I am one of those. You're right. <laughs> Primrose is in Alton. If water companies are so against cassette toilet chemicals, what about all the toilet cleaners, loo flush blocks, and bleaches used in the average toilet? Seems very odd to pick on cassette emptying when so many other chemicals are used in toilets by householders. I don't think water companies are against them. They're advising their advice. Remember, they're managing the sewage and the water system. If we all just started dumping our you know what anywhere we liked, it you know, it's going to be like going back to Victorian days. I mean, as it is already, swimming in rivers and seas are just like that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. They're not against it. It was contrary advice. And I think it was a bit confusing from Wessex Water when they said, no, don't put your cassette down your mains toilet. But, you know, Thetford were very kind to clarify that. Mixed with the right amount of water, as Qualchem said as well, no problem. So yeah, you keep emptying it down your toilet. I will be. Just be a good citizen, Primrose in Orton, and thanks very much for your question. Now, if people want to uh, ask a question, uh, record one, or uh, write one in to us, Matt, how do they do it? Very easily. Just go to mhmp.info forward slash ask Matt. You hit the orange button, record your question, or fill out the form. That's the motorhome mattpodcast.info, mhmp.info forward slash ask Matt. Do say where you're from, but we'd like to know where in the country you're from. We got a map with pins in it. I described it a few podcasts ago. Uh, you can leave us a review as well. Uh, what should people log on to to do that then, Matt? Again, mhmp.info forward slash review. It's getting easier with this, isn't it? Couldn't be easier. <laughs> mhmp.info forward slash review. And finally, Matt. We would love it if you would share this podcast with a friend. If you're listening to it and think, I know someone that find this helpful, useful or interesting, would you share it with them? Would you send them a link? We would be very grateful. Or even if they just want a good laugh. <laughs> That's possible. <laughs> Hi, welcome to the Motorhome Map Podcast. I'm Kat from Wandering Bird. Thanks for listening to the Motorhome Matt podcast. Remember to check back here for more episodes full of hints and tips and helpful advice. We'll see you soon for another Motorhome Matt podcast brought to you with thatleisureshop.com. Motorhome Matt.